Hello and welcome to We Lick Brushes. I am Tim and Troy is not here today because he is trekking in Germany somewhere without bandwidth and cannot be part of the show this time. But he will be joining us next time where he has um, some cool news of what he's up to to share, um, some of which I'll allude to now. If you go onto his Twitter uh, at Sonic Sledge or his blog, sonicsledgehammer.blogspot.com, you can check out this Tale of More Warlords project that he's got going on, which is in the same vein as the Tale of Four Gamers that used to run in the old White Dwarves, um, except his um, collection of hobbyists uh, is, is, uh, can span the globe and is done over the, the wonders of the internet. So if you want in on that, just go check out his Twitter, at Sonic Sledge, or his blog, sonicsledgehammer.blogspot.com. Okay, today's show is all about the New Zealand Masters coming up. Um, in, a, in, a, uh, in the last episode, we talked about uh, what, how to get into the hobby. Um, some of that is competitive events. And the Masters in the New Zealand scene, at least, is the pinnacle of those competitive events. Um, the tournament goers who have done well over the course of the year get to come and see who's the best of the best. Um, so without further ado, I'll put on the interview I had with the wonderful Mr. James Page, who's done the list analysis with me. He is also going to be competing in the Masters, so I look forward to hearing his thoughts. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter um, at TronHammerNZ, and Troy, as you know, is at Sonic Sledge. Cool. Thank you, and enjoy. Hello, and with me I've got James Page. James, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, thanks for joining me. And would you like to introduce yourself briefly to the community? Cool, hello everyone. I'm James, I'm currently ranked second on the NZ rankings for Age of Sigma. I've been playing Age of Sigma since it uh, came out pretty much. I was had a little brief stint at the start there where I didn't play, but yeah, been on the bag wagon ever since. I've uh, played fantasy since kind of seventh, and yeah, always always really enjoyed it. Nice, and um, you, you've been in the tournament scene for quite a while, eh? Yeah, so I, don't, I only really play in the tournament scene. Don't get much time to play uh, apart from that, unfortunately, but yeah. Matt, and you, you probably, your thoughts and ideas are, are very much present, you know, in a lot of the... Um, community content that goes up, particularly with Dan Street. Um, you know, you, you and I are very much part of the discussions we have about rules and tactics and stuff. Um, so I know you've been mentioned once or twice. So I just wanted to make that clear as well. Um, I think on my blog, we, we even did a little series of undiscovered power lists at one point. And um, yeah, your analytical mind has very much been behind a lot of those. Yeah, I try to keep off the social medias, but I seem to leak on there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, what we're doing today is we've got uh, the New Zealand Masters tournament happening this weekend. Um, I'm sort of organising it, and I'm also playing in it. Um, I guess just briefly of what sort of what that's looking like is it's, it's a standard match play event, uh, 2,000 points. We are using um, some set scenarios. Um, which I'll bring up in just a second. Um, but we, 
are using hidden agendas as the first tiebreaker rather than kill points. Um, and then we're using strength of schedule as the second tiebreaker. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And the sort of the dry run I've had with the scoring, it's, it's differentiated quite nicely. Um, and the reason why I, I was sort of, I wanted to step away from kill points was it gets really complicated these days with, with endless spells and with battalions and, um, c- people taking less points for command points. And so, you know, scoring or you know, having an even way of scoring is very match up dependent and, yeah, so it gets quite complicated. Um, the scenarios that we're playing are better part of Valor for round one, focal points for round two, total conquest round three, three places of power for round four, and star strike for round five. Um, and I don't really, I guess the rationale behind those was I, I wanted to make them as list agnostic as possible so they didn't rely on having to have a wizard or, or that kind of thing or mucking up deployment too much. So. How successful that'll be uh, remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes. Um, second part of what we're going to do today is have a go, have a look over the lists and matchups, and uh, Jimmy's going to uh, uh, give us some thoughts and maybe some ideas on how the matchups are going to go. Um, so, Jim, where do you want to start? Cool. Let's uh, just go through the lists. Cool. So first up, we have uh, Seth Cook's Destruction mm-hmm. Mixed List. Uh, Seth's taking. Uh, Mixed Destruction, uh, Mortal Realm, actually. Actually? Mm-hmm. How do I pronounce that? That's the one. Cool. Uh, he's got a Frost Lord on a Stonehorn with a Thermal Rider Cloak, which gives it uh, plus four movement and flying. Kind of nice to have on his Frost Lord. I reckon. That, that's kind of a uh, scary image. <laughs> yeah. it's Flying it's, Stonehorn. I, I think people have uh, forgotten just how potent Frost Lords can be, so it's it's nice to have one in the field. <laughs> uh, we have a, a Cunning Ruck, so he'll be choosing to either shoot or pile an attack with one of the units in that uh, Ruck. Uh, normally it's used to, to make his uh, shooty boys shoot twice per turn. Mm-hmm. It's 30 Savage Oryx, uh, 60 shots each, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's 120 shots per turn. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting list. He's and also got um, the command trait Ravager, which uh, for those who don't know, the destruction ability, the um, what's the default ability? Rampaging destroyers. Destroyer, yeah. So on a on a six, roll of a six, one of the, the each hero can um, move a unit within I, six inches of them. I noticed the, um, he's command trait. I notice he's given that to his his general as the fungoid cave shaman. Why do you think he's gone with that as the general rather than the stonehorn? Um, well, the way that the uh, ability works is it, it, it's not you don't roll for the unit itself. You roll for a unit within six inches. Right. So he can use the fungoid cave shaman to to move the frost lord if he wants. He could do it on savage boys. It's just something that. Probably going to sit in the back line, whereas the front front frost lords going to be on the front line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the ravager ability allows him to do the movement on a, a three up on the general instead right. of a six up. Right. Right. So yeah, it's uh, looking like an interesting list. Why do you think he's chosen uh, Grand Alliance destruction rather than say going for a uh, Bone Splitters army with with some allies? 
Uh, I don't believe he could have taken the Frost Lord. All right. So, yeah, I believe it's just the inclusion of the of the Frost Lord. Yeah. And then, um, his item he has a Ignex's Scale, which I believe gives him a four plus ward save versus mortal wounds. That's on the Savage so Big Boss. Yeah. Yeah, and he's and, the one who uses the Cunning Rucks ability to. So he wants to keep him safe. Yeah, so he's the guy that all the synergies with all those shooty guys pins on, so he's got extra protection. Yep. Gotcha. And with the current lookout, Sir, I guess that works out quite well. He's mm-hmm. nice, well-rounded defense. He's also got some two units of 20 Moon Clan Grots. Is that chaff and adjective holder type stuff? Yeah, it look, looks to be that way. Uh, also some uh, sneaky... Fanatics in there. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. I guess they took them in the grots so that he could hide them in them. Yes. I see. And he's got some Geminids, which are an amazing endless spell. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing those over multiple lists uh, as we go through. Gotcha. Um, and two command points. So what's, what command abilities have we got to fear from this list? Um, got I believe the, the Frost Lord's can run and charge. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, so that's... Uh, unfortunately, himself. yeah, I, I think that's for himself, plus other... Uh, what's the alliance for the for the Frost Lord? The um, Beast Caller Raider's within range, but obviously he's the only Beast Caller Raider. Yeah. Whenever you make a hit roll of a six or more for a model in that unit, it can immediately make one extra attack using the same weapon. Right. So it's just a, a bit of synergy. Going with the the cannon rack. Cool. Okay. You'll be able to use that before he enables them to shoot in the shooting phase, and they'll generate more attacks. Wicked. Um, cool. Do you, do you want to talk about what its what its good matchups are and stuff like that now, or do that at the end? Um, we'll do that at the end. Okay. All right. Should we move on to the next list? Sure. Um, we've got Cameron King's Seraphon, um, which is Seraphon Allegiance from the mortal realm of Gur, the realm of beasts. Cool. So we have uh, Slan Starmaster with the command trait Great Rememberer. So that allows him to use the Seraphon's ability to teleport a unit twice per turn. So he'll be teleporting two units. He has the artifact Incandescent uh, Retresses, which is these. Mm-hmm. That um allows him when when he he's allocated his his final wound on a three up he heals d six wounds. Right, that's tricksy. Yeah, so it doesn't. So if he was taking six wounds, it, it's probably not going to save him. Right, so he would take his final wound, regenerate three, and then because he's taken four wounds, say so he just takes those straight away and he's dead. Yeah, right. so it says as you're allocated, you're, you're killing wound, and because wounds are allocated one at a time, not all at once, then it wouldn't save against the remaining. Gotcha. Uh, yes, two engines of the gods, so they're going to be used to summon probably skinks or whatever else is on that list. Yeah. Um, also, they do D6 mortal wounds at range on, on one of the other options, and if he d- does manage to get the triple sixes, they, I believe, is a plus one attacks and plus one damage to all weapons. Like right, that. right. A big, big damage buff, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he's taking a Shadow Strike Star Host. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has a Skink Star Priest, two sk- units of Skinks, and one of the 
uh, Ripodactyls. Yeah, so he's got two so units of six Ripodactyls. One of them will be part of the battalion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that unit can uh, deploy in, in the sky and come down with it, uh, just outside three inches of any unit on the board, any enemy unit. Mm-hmm. That's a, a nice free charge, pretty much. Yeah, it's really unit. close, yeah. Uh, also, once per turn, uh, the Skink Star Priest can select a unit it can see, and all units in the battalion get to re-roll hit and wound rolls of one against that unit. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. he'll combo the Rapidactyls to come down and, and try and hit something hard in the back line. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking, as a Legions of Nagash player, that's really nice to be able to block off some grave sites, stuff like that. You can essentially go anywhere you want. Yeah, the last thing that um, Shadow Strike Starhost gets is a 2d6 movement after deployment. Ooh. And yeah, com- so he really gets the. So coming gets down is, is, yeah, is part of the deployment. So that's crazy. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, uh, right. It's different. Uh, sorry, it's that's after, after the initial, de- yeah, after right. the initial deployment. Not set up. Yeah. Okay, cool. That will be mostly used to move the two units of skinks up yep. the field and um, just to block. And use their ability, you know, to um, flee in combat I remember, before getting uh, attacked. I see. I remember in the old edition Warhammer that the Razordons and Salamanders are really nasty shooters. What are they like uh, in the Age of Sigma? Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're definitely worthwhile. They're definitely a viable shooting unit. They're quite short range, of 12 inches, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they have um, quite a few shots each, and, yeah, they're definitely going to do some work. Cool. And yeah, I think that's about it for All that right. list. Um, lots of potential summoning with those engines of the gods and being able to play around with um, uh, dice rolls and stuff. Um, I think that's the ability they've got. Yep. The slan um, gets me, can re-roll one of the dice, I believe, for the mm-hmm. engine of the gods. Cool. Yep. So that's tricky. All right. Next list is Will Meyer, and he has a Legion of Sacrament from the realm of Shaish. Yeah, one of one, the first uh, Legion of Sacrament of uh, of a couple, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking Arcan the Black Prince Vordry and uh, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon, so three kind of mobile large monster threats mm-hmm. in the list. Uh, Why would you? Ethereal... Why, sorry, I'm just gonna. Jump in there. Why would you take Vordry over a vampire, a second vampire lord on Zombie Dragon, given that he's forty points more expensive? He is a uh, two two key things. I'd say is the plus one to a hit and wound uh, spell, ah. which yeah really um, ups his damage output compared to a, a Velozd. Yes, and his shooting attack is is six straight mortal wounds. No. Uh, Roll to hit or anything, right. which is that's awesome. a lot more reliable. Yeah, so that's something he's got that the normal flaws doesn't. He's got an extra spell and he's got that amazing shooting attack. Yeah, cool. Uh, and of course, um, if you're a Legion of Blood, the Vampire Lord plus the Dragon would get extra attacks. Yeah, but because it's a Legion of Sacrament, the the Vlaz really has no benefit over over Prince Wardra. Gotcha. gotcha. Well, apart from possibly the, the command ability, which is rerolled a hits, which is slightly better than Prince Vordry's uh, ability to make a unit pile in an attack, well, a hero pile in an attack. Yeah. OK, 
Okay, cool. And what's he got for his units? Uh, we've got two units of 20 chain rust pods, a unit of 10 chain rust pod, and a unit of 20 grim gas reapers. Anyone who's been following some of the top Legion of Sacrament lists has probably been seeing these rather small units. Um, and that's just purely because they can be resummoned quite easily, utilizing the Legion of Sacrament's uh, ability when a unit dies within six inches of a gravesite on a four plus, you can resurrect one of your dead units, really utilizing that small kind of units to be able to fit them in. Right, so the the actual physical footprint of that unit being smaller means it's more likely to fit in uh, within nine inches of those gravesites. Yes, correct. Gotcha. And because he's got three ultra-mobile monster threats, he can really uh, target some of those units that are on gravesites. Cool. Um, Prismatic Palisade, what's the benefit of taking that as an endless spell? Uh, I'm not a fan, personally. It, it blocks line of sight and shooting, I believe. Over it. Oh, so, yeah, just blocks mm. line of sight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's just a blocking. Yeah. Um, really? I've, uh, yeah, not a fan personally, but. So you're it's, taking, it's, yeah, purely just blocking line of block, sight. Yeah, right. And does it stop, I guess it stops movement from ground troops. Do flying troops still get to fly over it? Uh, yes, flying okay. still gets to fly over it, I believe. Right. Cool. Okie dokie. But that's not going to be the only Legion of Sacrament. I'm, sp- I'm sure we'll get to other ones later um uh okay well what spells has he got he's got fading vigor vile transference and amaranthine orb um i know fading vigor is it's it's a tough choice between that and overwhelming dread for um for a death mage spell i think he's given it to arcane it's the minus attack and one dice to charge spell is that right yeah that's correct yeah it's a nice little deal um yeah, so that's, even if a unit's within three inches, they're going to have a 33% chance that they fail the charge, which is, that's is awesome. quite nice. That is very nice. Vaudre's got Vile Transference, which is a healing spell, um, or it does some damage and then heals a nearby friendly. Um, and then the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon has Amaranthine Orb, which is a really nice um, D6 damage spell. And that's the guy yeah, with Ethereal Amulet, so he's going to be hard to kill. Yep, so they're going to be flying around with a three-up armor save. Uh, not modifiable, and that's going to be real, real hard to kill. Okay, cool. And we'll, again, we're coming back to these lists later to talk about how they're going to do with matchups and stuff. Um, what the heck is this next list? This is this is my list. Well, yeah, I think I'll let you explain this one to me. Okay, um, man, we could do a whole episode on how we go about picking these lists because, um, speaking for Jim and myself, we spend a lot of time agonising in various iterations of these. So here's my list. I've got. Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, who's got this is a sorry, this is a grand host of Nagash list from Haish, which is a the realm of light. Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, who's got Lord of Nagash'azar, which gives plus one attacks to death rattle units within six inches. He's got the Ether Quartz brooch, which is a wonderful artifact. Every time I spend a command point, I roll a dice, and on a five plus I get a command point back. Um, and he's got Amethystine Pinions as his spell, which is one that adds to his movement. I've got a Necromancer with Overwhelming Dread, which is minus one to hit, minus one bravery, or double that if I roll a nine or more. And a Vampire Lord Flying Horror with Amaranthine Orb. Um, 
And those three heroes, all their command abilities and spells just work so well in synergy. Um, the Vampire Lord's got a spell which re-rolls, is it re-rolls to hit? Or re-rolls one to hit? Something like that. Um, the Necromancer is double pylons for um, summoning units, I think. And the Vampire Lord, Flying Vampire Lord is plus one attack. And then you combine that to the Lord of Nagash's R for another plus one attack. With the units I've got, and you end up with some real crazy, crazy attacking options. My units, I've got 10 Black Knights, 20 Graveguard, another unit of 20 Graveguard, and 40 Skeletons, which are all buffable by those spells. The Black Knights are real fast. Um, you know, you know, the Graveguard can take down anything in the game, um, and the Skeletons just stick around and just have tons of attacks. So the goal between, the goal with this one is using Grave sites, basically, for the mobility um, and durability, because all the resurrections. And that's we figured out that's five threats. And the idea was having units that could be chaff as well as threats. So I'm not sure how on meta it is, but, yeah, we went through a lot of iterations to get to that. I've got chronomatic cogs, which is quite crucial for getting extra movement and charges off or using it to make my my heroes more durable. And the Geminids, which are just a great debuff and countering any any threats that my opponent's got. That's pretty much my list. Yeah, so you're going to have threat across the board, and it's, it's just going to be hard to deal with, uh, even if they kind of, because normally people try to like to focus on one unit at a time, they're just not going to be able to do that against you because that's five turns. <laughs> they're going to have to do that to get rid of your army. And then on top of that, you're going to be bringing back the bringing units back, when they yeah. die. And with That's, the cogs, yeah. they could potentially charge that same turn. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on there. So I think it's, from what I've seen so far, it's been underrated. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, cool. Next list is Bo. And Bo is taking the Host of the Umbral Deeps, which is his Ideneth Deepkin list from the Realm of Shadow. Cool. I didn't manage to get my hands on the, the Ideneth book unfortunately so i don't know much about this list uh, <laughs> it's all good i think we can sum it up okay let's have a look he's got voltunos who's a total badass uh, an eidolon of mathlan aspect of sea and an aspect of storm so one of each then he's got uh what was it four units no one two three four five that's six units of three akelian ishlin guard oh sorry four four uh, units of ishlin guard yeah. two units of morsar guard yeah, so the Ishlan Guard are the ones that ignore Rend, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the Morsar ones are, the, are slightly more offensive. Right. Uh, he's got two Gloomtide shipwrecks. Um, so all I know about Deepkin is they've got this massive Term 3 mechanic, you know, as the tides come in. And I think he gets to attack with everything before you, you get to choose one attack so he potentially he can alpha strike or potentially he can bide his time to that third turn and just have this turn of carnage um i think that's what it comes down to yeah the two um mathlins are uh quite durable they've got three up armor saves um they can get lookout sirs they can sit in terrain uh because they're not monsters so mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're going to be hard to kill if, if, if used correctly. Yeah. The only... They also provide small buffs to the um, other units, right. I believe. Yeah, yeah. 
There's not that many bodies, though. There's lots of wounds. There's 104 wounds. But in terms of um, models, which is what's needed to take objectives, he's going to have to um, contend with big units and, and make sure he can do the damage for those. Yeah, so he's got his uh, Ishlin guard, which which really do stand around ignoring rend. So cool. uh, I believe they're the, the, the crux in kind of sustaining Wicked and nice big bases for that board control. Even though they do have a few models, they've got that that board presence. And real, real good movement. Yeah, all the eels are fourteen, I believe. Wow, yeah, real fast. Yikes. Um, sort of judgment. I don't know what that does. That's that must be a law of shadow artifact. Sort of judgment. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be sort of judgment. If a hit roll for an attack with this weapon. Against a hero or monster is a six plus. That attack inflicts d6 mortal wounds, and it ends the attack sequence to you. So you do not make, you don't go on to make a wound roll. Just you roll that six plus to hit, and it does d6 damage. Um, nice. And that's that's on the aspect of the storm. So that could be nasty. Very nasty. Um. Okay. Um, so yeah, the um, looking at the Ishlin guard, they ignore Rand and have a three up. When they charge, so wow. they're going to be real nasty to take care of. Uh, kind of weak against mortal wounds, though. Mm-hmm. Um, no mortal wound saves across the board for that army, I believe. Yeah, which is their big crux. But yeah, cool. Um, Regan O'Halloran has a stormcast Eternals army from uh, these anvils of the Heldenhammer Stormhost, and they're from the realm of Shaish. Cool, so the anvils allow them to select a unit to either shoot or um, pile in an attack in the hero phase. Uh, given his limited shooting options, I probably surmise that he's going to use it on his uh, sequiturs mm-hmm. to pile in an extra time. So he has the cleansing flanix yep. uh, battalion that has the sequiturs and the ev- uh, evocators in it. Okay. The Evocator's spell normally allows uh, a unit of, um, can't remember the keyword, but the Sequitors have that keyword. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the Evocators buff the Sequitors normally just to re-roll wound rolls. The Cleansing Flanix ups that to be both wounds and hit rolls. Right. Okay, so the, the bottom line is here, watch out for those Sequitors. He's got two units of ten. Of those, um, five unit, five, a unit of five liberators, three vanguard raptors with crossbows, and two units of five evocators. Yeah, so he's still got the vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows that he can make fire twice if he really needs to down a, a backline threat. But yeah, it's all going to be about the, uh, the sequiturs most probably. Yep. He uh, has the gemnids, of course, which quite a few lists do have. And what about the heroes? He's got Lord Arcanum on Torilon. Um, I have no, I'm so out of the loop with the new Stormcast. He's got Deathly Aura, Armor of Silvered Sigmarite, an Azerite Halo spell, and his mount has steel pinions. Okay, so the spell, the Azerite Halo, that's unmodified save rolls of six equals mortal wounds to the attacking unit. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the Armored of Silvered Sigmarite is a minus one to be hit. In the shooting phase, I reckon. Right. I think. So it's a little little bit fluffy item, I believe, mm-hmm. because there is 
obviously a um, Mortal Realms artifact that is significantly better. I believe Aiden is taking it. One, one of the other lists we'll, we'll probably get to to see that item, but it's the other item is minus one to be hit, just in all phases, oh, yeah. and also gives them plus plus one movement. Right? Is it a malign malign sorcery artifact? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, he's got a Lord Castellant, which is the he get, he gives around some armor buffs, doesn't he? Is that what his his role is? Uh, yes, that's the guy with the lantern. Lantern isn't it? dude. Yeah. Um, Lord Relictor, who's there for the prayers, he's got Soul Thief and Translocation. Yep, so Translocation allows him to um, move one of his units uh, anywhere on the board outside nine inches of the enemy. That's really nice. So uh, try as you might to avoid those sequiters, it's more than likely they're coming for you. Yep. Um, and a Knight and uh, Cantor. Yes, yeah, oh, so the Lightning Blast. Yeah. That the Knight Encanter has uh, just hits the closest unit, no range on that, and does D3 mortal wounds. Cool. And also, Knight Encanter has an auto medic dispel item once per game. Yeah. So that's always good to, to take care of that one kind of first turn spell threat. Absolutely. Yeah. If your opponent's hinging their combo on one particular spell, particularly if they've gone all out on magic reliability, like the, the Arcane and Nagash list type lists, you know, that's a really good one to throw a spanner in the works. Um, yeah. But the, the two items, the, um, the Soul Thief and the Command Trait Deathly Aura are the ones that you must take when you take Anvils of the Howden Hammer. Um, uh, they're nothing really that great. Minus one bravery from the Command Trait within six inches. And Soul Thief is uh, an extra mortal wound on a three plus for any units that take a, a wound from that blade. Mm-hmm. And what does the Anvils of Heldenhammer give? Because that seems to be quite a popular storm host that people are taking. See, so that's the one I explained at the start. That lets them um, attack or shoot right. an extra time gotcha, uh, during gotcha. the hero phase. I see. Cool. Thanks for that. We'll go on to the next one. Aiden Nicole with his super fluffy uh, pestilence list. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with this. So I'll just quickly go through it. He's got a Vermin Lord Corruptor as general with Master of Rotten Ruin um, and the Magma Forged Blade. Um, and a Plague Furnace with Thermal Rider Cloak. I think that's the artifact you were talking about. Um, another Plague Furnace with Liber Bubonicus. Three Plague Priests. A unit of 40 Plague Monks. 10 Plague Monks. 10 Plague Monks. 10 Plague Monks. 10 Plague Monks. 40 Clan Rats. 5 Gutter Runners. 5 Gutter Runners. And there's two Congregation of, of Filth, which make up that, that list. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry. The, um, the item I was talking about was Griff's Feather Charm, which Cameron uh, has. Cameron's got minus it. one to be hit. Minus, yeah, plus one movement. Gotcha. The Thermal Rider Cloak is the plus four movement and can fly. That's on the Plague Furnace, so that's going to be uh, rather interesting. Yeah. So people uh, tend to underestimate the damage output of a Plague Furnace. They get to select a point within three inches, and every unit within one inch of that point, I think, mm-hmm. takes D3 mortal wounds on a four plus. God. So it's, it's going to be to hit yeah, multiple units or have a chance to hit multiple units. Yeah. And he's got two of those Plague Furnaces. The Congregation of Filths uh, include... A plague furnace and two units of plague monks each, and they uh, give a six-up ward save to all the plague monks, 
and allow uh, the big unit of 40 playing minutes to be able to re-roll its uh, failed charge rolls. Right. I've played this at Masters last year, I think, or um, you know, AOS 1 version of this list. And I'd remember a lot of attacks coming out of those plague months. And what, what do they come from? I think, is it a combination of the battalion and the plague furnaces? No, it's purely, uh, just what plague monks do, unfortunately. Jeez. They are, yeah, they are witch elves incarnate. Wow. They do a lot of, uh, a lot of attacks. Um, they throw out some mortal wounds on top of that. The plague furnaces allow them to attack when they die or, um, I think there's another prayer they can do. Um, yeah. But he's got lots of units of 10 that, that do pump out a lot of runes for the 70 point cost that they are. Yeah. He's got uh, Lieber Bubonicus and Master of Rotten Ruin command trait. So each of those just allow, um, pretty much upgrades them to a priest and lets them use the uh, priest prayers to really trying to enable the uh, Pestilence Allegiance abilities, which are the, the greater plagues that go okay. off. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a chance to go off every time um, one of the minor prayers uh, hits an enemy. Right. And what do they do? Are they debuffs or damages, the, the plagues? Uh, I might, might just have to pull up my book here. The echoes of the great plagues when a pestilence priest successfully prays and the dice roll for the prayer was a six before any modifiers were applied. You can pick one of the flying great plagues to manifest as well as using one of the prayers on the priest's war scroll. And we have the red wolf plague, which is uh, the nearest enemy hero within 38 inches of the priest is affected with the red wolf plague if the hero is within three inches of models from its own army at the start of any combat phase and not within three inches of any models from your army. Then it will attack its friends. So yeah, so that can oh. force uh, a Vlozd or a, let's see, uh, maybe a Frostlord to, to attack its own units. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the Never Plague adds one to prayer rolls for friendly Pestilin priests, so allowing all his other uh, priests to uh, be more effective that turn. So he's got one, two, three, uh, four, five uh, priests. That will be praying in each of his turns. It's crazy. I know he he downplays the old pestilence quite a lot, but they seem to have a lot of tools at their disposal. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's all uh, low range. Right. And all the prayers and that kind of max out at thirteen inches. Uh, I think there's one where you select a, a point within thirteen inches, and everything within three inches or something takes wounds. So that kind of ups to sixteen inches, but yeah, it's kind of that mid mid to short range combat that he really needs to pull you into. Yeah, um, that's probably why he's got lots of units of of ten plague months to have those those chaff lines, mm-hmm. so he can kind of really delay and and get those prayers off. Right. Um, gutter runners there is that just to disrupt back lines and stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean that's fairly cheap points. It's 120 points, and if they're off the field, you. You're going to have to spend uh, some resources in your army to to account for them flanking you, mm-hmm. and normally that's going to be more than the 120 points that he spent on them. Right. So that's that's some uh, yeah nice usage of points there. Fantastic. I think that list has got 181 wounds to try and get through. Um. So 
that's that I, I certainly am looking at that with a fair amount of dread. See how we go. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think it's a nice anti-meta list. Yeah. So the meta being in New Zealand being kind of heavy combat, uh, maneuverable armies, and that that this army just loves to be in close range. So mm-hmm. it's just going to welcome these melee armies into into close range. Yep. Cool. Well, we'll again, we'll talk about favourable matchups and stuff a bit later. Let's move on. Uh, Nick Jepson's list. He has Darkling Covens from the realm of Gur, and this is my round one opponent, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. This is a very old-schooly uh, Dark Elf list. I love it. Yeah. We've got a sorcerer, some Black Dragon, uh, two sorceresses on foot, a Blood Rack Medusa, Knight Azeros, uh, Unit of 20 Black Guard, unit of 10 Black Guard, a unit of 10 Executioners, a unit of 10 Dread Spears, a unit of 10 Dark Shards, another unit of 10 Dark Shards, and three Arkelian Morsar Guard. Uh, he's got a Thrall um, Warhost. Yeah. Yep, Thrall Warhost Battalion and an Aether Void Pendulum. Uh, he's also got Quicksilver yeah, Swords. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's, D- down uh, the bottom there. Yeah, page two. So. Yeah. It's, he's making some interesting ally choices with this, um, and he's making use of that that battalion that's been around since AOS 1, which has got one particularly nasty synergy in it, um, and that is it lets a unit attack in the hero phase. Yeah, so he's going to be using that to, um, well, not just attack, but charge and attack in the, charge in the attack. hero phase. Yikes. Yep, so he's going to be selecting probably his unit of Black Guard or his Executioners to, yep. to charge in there and, and do some extra damage in the hero phase. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the, the main crux of the list. He's also got the three Achillean Morsar Guard to, to be kind of a fast unit. Because obviously it's all, uh, foot troops. Mm-hmm. He does have the, the Cantor of Egos. That, so once per, uh, game artifact that gives all uh, units within 12 inches, I believe, plus three movement for the turn. Okay. So that's really going to allow him to either reposition halfway through the game or, or really get his units into position uh, that first turn. Yeah. Um, he's got the, sorry, the Darkling Coven Allegiance ability. The one I can remember is um, all those units of Dark Elves that he's got there. When they're nearby each other, you count the number of the adjacent unit towards their um, their hit bonuses. They normally get hit bonuses when they've got the unit's got twenty or more models, and this lets them count nearby models from nearby units towards that. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's a rather interesting use. It allows you to run them MSU without uh, having the negative of uh, not having the, the twenty or more. Yeah, exactly. And MSU for the layperson means. Um, Multiple small unit army, um, which is what he's got. Lots of units of ten, unit of three. The Knight of Zeros is interesting. Is that so? You you fly that guy up, and he helps your dark shards do better shooting, or blood rack Medusa even. How does that work? Yeah, it's a reroll ones to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it just the shooting phase, or is it anyway? If if, if he does buff up the the plus to hit, obviously. Uh, re-rolling ones is, is going to be quite yeah, beneficial. True. Um, I know the Blood Rat Medusa's got one of those abilities that hits every model within 10 inches, which is quite nasty, um, particularly for armies with lots of bodies. Yes, so he's um, putting that in there to, to try and counter some of the more horde armies. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, I look at that. I, I, I desperately want to underestimate it, but I, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. I think there's there's some nasty things that are going to go on there, which I don't even know yet. So we'll see. Yeah, a lot of units, which is um, throws a lot of people off. Kind of current meta is around uh, nine, seven to nine kind of deployments. Mm-hmm. So he got one, two, three, four, five, six. 19, 11, t- kind of 12, 12 units on the board. Yep. So that's that's going to throw people off a bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, the pendulum is in just a nice damage. And Quicksilver Swords, I guess, gives you a bonus to hit or something, doesn't it? Quicksilver Swords is roll 12 dice and on sixes oh, do a mortal right. wound. That's right. Yes. Yeah, it's right. a nice, nice uh, targeted endless spell, and the Avoid Pendulum hits all the... Uh, Units it passes across and finishes within an inch doing D6 mortal wounds. So it is probably the, the premier damage endless spell. Yeah. Um, Nifty. I mean, it doesn't compare, compare to the, uh, the purple sun in terms of taking out large units, but in terms of filling heroes and that, it's, yeah, there's f- no other choice really. For 40 points, it's pretty good. I haven't looked into the spells of all the wizards, but I know that the sorceress and the, the black dragon, they, they do have some extra spells they can call on, which are quite good. Yeah, the sorceress is a, a debuff. Yeah. A word of pain or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Minus one to, to hit rolls. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice, and it, oh, there's a secondary effect. Uh, I can't remember it, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice spell. See it in quite a few of the, the top lists in the UK, I believe. Oh. Uh, a lot of people allying Sorceress for just for that spell. Wicked. All right. Going on to the next list um, uh, is Sean Tubman's Daughters of Cain from Ogu, Realm of Shadow, um, and he's got the Temple of Hagnar. Um, have you made a study of this list? And if so, can you tell me about it? Because all I know, I, I did listen to the boys' podcast on Notorious about how, you know, how the Daughters of Cain work, and they, they sound like they've got access to lots of shenanigans, lots of damage. Um, what's the key to this list? So yeah, not not too many shenanigans in, in this uh, this version of the list. Yeah, the, I mean, he's got Marathi, which is the the main kind of annoying thing that that either can't be taken care of, or you have to allocate allocate quite a few resources into dealing with. Yeah. Uh, Slaughter Queen on uh, Cauldron of Blood, that's the, the staple of, of all dock lists. I don't think I've seen a, a competitive list without one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that takes the, the command trait from Hagnar, which ups the uh, six up ward save to a, a five up ward save to all units within seven inches. Yep. Uh, here's the Blessing of Cain prayer, which allows them to re-roll that five up ward save. Wow. Uh, so he's only got one of those this time around. Uh, but yeah, that will get him gone Marathi, or it could be on the Witch Elves or the Sister of Slaughter. So yeah, it's going to be make whatever it's on hard to deal with. He also has the Iron Circlet on the Hag Queen that has the Blessing of Cain. That allows him to re-roll uh, prayer rolls of one, just really ensuring he gets that Blessing of Cain off. Yeah. Uh, he's got the Martyr's Sacrifice. Um, when a, If that prayer goes on a unit, when a model dies, uh, it sends back a mortal wound on a five up. Uh, and also the, the catcher chism of murder, yep. which hit rolls of a six, um, 
deal twice the number of hits. So yeah, right. really increases the damage output of a, of a unit. So that's, it's not just the unit that's casting it, it, it gets to cast that on another another unit. Yeah. So that's insane. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I'm thinking, it's, it's witch elves, isn't it, or sisters of slaughter? Yeah, so the witch elves have the slightly high damage output, I believe. Hmm? Whereas the Sisters of Slaughter uh, have a six-inch pylon. Whoa. Um, and they can they can be allocated to pylon and attack while they're six inches away. So they don't even need to charge. They can just run up within three inches, uh, within four inches of an enemy or six, five inches, whatever. Yeah. And just select a pylon and attack. So they're um, quite a tricky unit to uh, deal with. It's one of the the nice tricks that Doc has. Right. And also, so that we've got the the command ability of the Slaughter Queen on Cauldron of Blood, which allows a unit to pile an attack during the hero phase. That's allowing Marathi or Witch Elves or whatever is in combat to just pile in an attack again. Uh, combos quite well with Marathi. Yeah. Uh, and I know we've yeah, talked... and he's got the do- Doppelganger Cloak yes. on the Cauldron of Blood, which is uh, quite nasty. What does that do? Um, so that can't be selected to be attacked until it has it attacked itself, mm-hmm. I believe. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, yep, yep, yep. I've, I know this one. Yes, so this is the Realm of Shadow artifact. So the the rules query that came up with this is um, if if your model hasn't attacked yet and your opponent's um, runs out of attacks, then you know what happens you know and and what happens is the unit the last unit that's in contact with that hero the slaughter queen on cauldron in this case gets activated but cannot make any attacks so it essentially wastes their activation yeah so he's going to be using it to great effect making sure that uh, he's got uh, more activations than his opponent yeah uh, marathi makes that really really easy so Marathi's just going to always be in combat, and she's going to be around for several turns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got uh, two units of five Kinarai Heartrenders, so they're serving the same purpose as Aiden's Gutter Runners. Mm-hmm. They can come down anywhere on the board and really threaten the back line. It's just kind of a unit. You have to allocate resources to protecting your flanks yep. uh, while they're in the air, and he can just leave them in the air kind of until the end of the game, just making you, forcing you to allocate resources. Nice. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Jesse Cairns, um, and we both really like this list. This is Neferata and Friends. It's an, another grand host of Nagash list from Haish. Um, he's got Neferata, Vile Transference, a Vampire Lord Flying Horror, the Pinions, Necromancer with, the Necromancer is the General, with Lord of Nagash's art, which is the same as what I had in my list, with the plus one attacks. He's got Overwhelming Dread, another Necromancer with that Ether Quartz brooch, which is another one that I took, with Fading Vigor. And then he's got two units of 40 Skeletons, two units of five Direwolves, and four Morgast Harbingers, and he's got the Chronomatic Cogs. What can you say about this list? Oh, yes, hands down my favourite list in, at the tournament. It's uh, just got so many synergies going on. Yep. You've got the Morgast Harbingers plus Cogs, so they're going to be able to when the cogs are up, they're going to be moving 11, charging 3d6 plus 2 inches. Yep. And, you know, they're just going to be flying across the the front lines and, and hitting the back line. That's interesting. Uh, they've got the spirit halberds. So, yeah, yeah, the extra range as uh, well. 
Yep, so Grand Host of Nagash, so they've got plus one attacks, so they're going to have four attacks each, doing three damage, Ren two. Yep. Um, there's four of them, so you can also put the Vampire Lord's buff on them to give them an extra plus one attacks. Yep. And they're just going to just destroy whatever they uh, they hit. Um, you've got the two units of 40 skeletons, which will be closely um, shepherded by the Necromancer with Lord of Nagashazar. Give them plus one attacks each, bring them up to four attacks each. Yep. Uh, five if you put the Vampire Lord's buff on them. Yep. They're going to be piling in twice with the Necromancer's buff. And you've got the other Croach Broach to um, give them extra uses of those command abilities. That's either going to be handing out extra damage when needed or extra defense in the um, form of Neferata's minus one to be hit AoE aura. Yeah, or uh, or extra, you know, re-rolling those charge dice as needed, you know, with the Harbingers if he somehow rolls really poorly. Yeah, so that can't be underestimated either, especially with the 3d6 re-roll. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a 12-inch charge on average with Cogs up. Wow. That's going to be really, really good. Yeah, that's going to take people by surprise. Okay, um, I'm just looking at that list and getting jealous, so let's move on. Um, it's really nasty. I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. Matt Watkinson is taking Zinch. Um, no realm. He's got the, uh, let's see, he's got the Witchfire Coven Battalion with Lord of Change, Medical Supremacy, Mark of the Conjurer, Bolt of Zinch, Gaunt Summoner with Familiars, with Soul Draft and Glimpse of the Future, Blue Scribes with Full Reality, two units of 10 Karak Acolytes, 10 Pink Horrors, uh, a unit of nine Zangor Enlightened, two units of three Zangor Enlightened. Um, I'm just looking at that and thinking that's really going to hurt. Really yeah, so hurt. he's also got the Chronomatic Cogs yes. and the Umbrella Spell Portal and the Witchfire Coven Battalion. So the Witchfire Coven Battalion is two units of the Kyrak Acolyte and one of the units of Zangor Enlightened. Uh, there's no real benefit for the Zangor Enlightened in that uh, battalion, but the two units of Karakakralites get to fire their Sorceress Plus in the hero phase as well as the shooting phase. Right. There's only two units of 10, so that's not really going to add too much. I mean, it might be used to kind of remove some chaff. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be 40 shots to remove some chaff. So I mean, that's going to be 10 wounds on average, so it's, it sounds about right for some chaff removal. What's the range on those Sorceress Blasts? Uh, 18 inches. That's not bad. It's good. Yeah, so they get to move and shoot. Obviously not in the hero phase, though. Mm. Uh, so the Lord of Change has uh, Mark of the Conjurer. So that allows whenever you roll double you uh, to cast, you generate twice the amount of fate points for summoning because mm-hmm. the Lord of Change always makes his lowest dice equal to his highest. Oof. He always rolls doubles. And so, yeah, he's also got Chronomatic Cogs that can either be used to um, make the Zangor Enlightened even even faster, going eight, moving eighteen inches and uh, eighteen, sixteen, sixteen or eighty, and charging the extra two inches, which he'll probably be using Destiny dice to rig yeah. some really uh, long range charges off into the back line. Um, or cogs can be used to give an extra casting to the Lord of Change, which ups the amount of fate points that he can generate to six a turn. Wow. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zinch always scares me. And the, the ma- sheer magical output as well, There's with no Nagash to oppose them, um, they're going to be pretty brutal, especially with those spell portals. 
Yeah, so he's 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 gone for a more um, combat heavy list with with the Zangro Enlightened. Mm-hmm. He's only got um, four offensive spells, I believe. Yeah, which is is a lot of changes. Infernal Gateway, uh, Bolt of Zench, uh, the Gaunt Summoner's spell, and then just the basic uh, Sorcerer's Bolt. And that, that's it in terms of offensive spells for that list. We probably shouldn't underestimate the fact that these guys also do summoning now, and he gets summoning points for every spell that gets cast during the game, or dispelled, is it? Or just, just cast, I can't remember. Um, yeah, what's... so that's the, the fate points I was talking about. Right. So that's, he's generating, it looks like, somewhere between 8 and 10 per turn. You need a minimum of 10 to summon. Um, so that's the minimum summon points, and that's a unit of either blue or yellow horrors. Um, so nothing too great turn one, but over two or three turns, maybe he's something, summoning something bigger. What, do you, what would you think? What would you anticipate he might be? He might have up his sleeve to summon. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I'd say probably chaff. Yeah. Looking at the list, he's 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 light on the chaff, and, and he's got some nice Zanger enlightened to uh, to make use of of some well placed chaff. Cool. I always, I always worry about flamers, um, having experienced them a couple of times. And I know that they're summonable. So if, for me facing that list, I'm looking out for that extra shooting ability that he can put on the board if he, if he wants. Yeah. So 12 fate points for a, um, what's the, the bigger version of a flamer called? Uh, exalted, exalted exalted flamer. flamer. Yeah. Yeah. So 12 points for one of those, um, I don't believe his list can generate 12 in a turn, but if the opponent's casting as well, then maybe 12. Yeah. But yeah, possibly a, a turn two uh, Exalted Flamer. Cool. Awesome. Uh, let's move on. We've got Sean Bates. Uh, he's got Stormcast, another Anvils of the Heldenhammer list. Uh, he has um, some allies. He's got an Anointed of Assyrian on Frostheart Phoenix, a Lord Aquilua, who's the General with Deathly Aura, Soul Thief, and Windrunner. And Two Knight Encantors, one with Lightning Blast, one with the Azerite Halo, and a Knight Azeros. He's got 10 Skinks as uh, allies, three units of five Liberators, three units of three Ether Wings, and a unit of nine Vanguard Raptors with crossbows. And he's taken some Geminids as his endless spell. Oh, yeah, so Anvils again, allowing a, a unit to either shoot or pile an attack in the uh, hero phase. Obviously, that's going to be the nine Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows. Mm. That's really going to destroy whatever he wants to be destroyed, really. It's a pricey unit. 30 inch range. Yeah, 540 points for that. Yeah, I mean, when you first look at it, you're like, oh, it's not too much. It's only nine attacks that do two damage, like max 18, but look a bit closer and it's hitting on twos, wounding on threes. Yeah. Doing two mortals on a, on a hit roll of a six. Yikes. But, um, yeah, they they average a, a fair amount, a 10-plus kind of wounds with negative two end or mortal wounds. So they're quite effective at, at destroying the backline. Mm-hmm. Or even if he puts both of the, the shots in the hero end shooting phase into a unit, the ability to take out a big unit as well. He doesn't really have much of a melee force. So apart from the... Vanguard Raptors, he, he doesn't have much else in terms of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, the Aether Wings and the Skinks, they're used to uh, delay combat. Yeah. 
So the Aether Wings to uh, move in the opponent's char- charge phase. At the start of the opponent's charge phase, they move 2d6. So they can be moved forwards to kind of a stop a charge. And that's not a normal movement. Yeah. Cool. And what, what's... Uh, so that can be... That, that, that can bring them within three inches of the enemy or, or whatever. So they're, yeah, really effective at, at stopping charges. Wicked. Well, what's the um, Frost Heart Phoenix for? Is that just to get in there and do some damage, or do you think he's got something in mind for it? Uh, it looks to be another uh, debuff. Mm-hmm. So he's got that for minus one to wound rolls, I believe, within a, an aura mm-hmm. radius. Mm-hmm. And he's got the Geminids for a debuff. Um. And then he's got the other wings and the skinks to to kind of stop people coming in, so it's just delaying damage from the enemy as as much as possible. Yeah. While his uh, Vanguard Raptors do the work. This seems to be the only real shooting list coming to Masters. Do you think that's deliberate for him? Is he deliberately going against the meta game? Um. Yeah. Not not too much up on uh, Stormcast Eternals or or what their current meta looks like. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's. I'd say it's a nice counter to the meta. Yeah. The current meta, as I said previously, is, is kind of merely high maneuverability lists, but that also includes a lot of heroes mm. and that which are buffing the main units, which can be uh, taken out by the Vanguard Raptors quite easily. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I'm sure it'll do pretty well. Um, and hopefully in saying that, I can jinx him a little bit. Um, I know he's your first round opponent, so we'll see. <laughs> um, ben Ricketts list he's taking uh, it's a corn list but it's got a ton of uh, beasties in it uh, it's from Akshi he's got a blood secretor as the general um, still popular with that that cool attack banner violent urgency and the brazen rune he's got two doom bulls one doom bull has got that thermal rider cloak um, which makes it fly uh, two units and plus four and plus four, <laughs> and plus four to the movement two units of ten blood warriors um, so that's interesting. I don't see that many blood warriors unless Benron's taken them usually. Ten units of blood, ten, a unit of ten blood reavers and three units of six bulgors and they're in a battalion called the Brass Despoilers. Yes, Brass Despoilers lets them take all those, uh, nice beastmen units in a corn list. Nice. Which is a nice little FAQ that dropped recently. Um, which, yeah, it's kind of weird, but we won't go over that. <laughs> um, yes, Thermal Rider Cloak for the extra movement and flying on one of the Doom Bulls. He's got the Brazen Rune, which gives the Blood Secretor a two plus, um, kind of negate spells on him. Mm-hmm. Was it, or was it Ward Safe? It was one of the two, but yeah, it's a good kind of anti spell, um, artifact to stop the Blood Secretor getting blown up by Kind of like my list or uh, the Zench lists. Yeah. Uh, Brazen Rune can also be used once per game to dispel a spell automatically. Nice. It uses up the item, but um, it's nice uh, little thing to have up the sleeve. Uh, the Brass Dispoilers Battalion is re-rolling uh, ones to hit, I think, mm-hmm. for all the units if, if they're within range of another unit from the same battalion. Right. Um, once per game, I think that can be um, used to re-roll all hit rolls for all the units, mm-hmm. which is uh, quite a nice buff to all the ball girls with their great axes. Yeah. Um, they were at ne- a minus two rend 
uh, three damage each, I believe, or the two damage. But anyway, yeah, quite a bit of damage. Wow. I've, no, I've not seen um, Bulgors on the table in Age of Sigma yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they all do. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to really um, do some of these lists in, yeah. like the, uh, the four Vlogs list, maybe, yeah. that he has uh, in the first round. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about that later. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, right, Mitch Harty. Oh, yes. Uh, one, one more last thing. He's got the command trait Violent Urgency, which allows him to reroll all charge rolls, failed charge rolls within range. Nice. Yeah. That's a really good combo with that, with that list. Um, cool. Uh, right, Mitch Harty's got just a mixed uh, chaos with lots of rats. Verminord Deceiver, Skaven Assassin, uh, Verminord Warpseer, Thanquil and Bone Ripper, and an Arch Warlock. He's got 10 gutter runners, 40 clan rats, 40 clan rats, 20 clan rats, a Bailwind Vortex, and Soul Snare Shackles. That's a lot of clan yeah, rats. It's, uh, quite a, yeah, it's quite an interesting list, really. A <laughs> um, few key things I'd touch on would probably be uh, Thankful and Bone Ripper. Yeah. He, um, he's an, an interesting one. I'm, if, if I could guess, I'm, I'm, he would use the Vermilord Deceiver to teleport Thank and Brain Ripper. I believe his spell can be used on a nearby rat hmm? to teleport them anywhere on the board. Yep. So yeah, he'll, he'll be using that to position uh, Thank and Brain Ripper to use their warp fire projectors and, and uh, their other abilities. Uh, a little bit overpriced probably Thank and Brain Ripper, but um, yeah, they can do quite a bit of damage when they, when they need to. Uh, he has the Crown of Conquest artifact, yeah. which allows him to ignore Battleshock for all units within six inches of Rat Damon, his Vermilion Lord Warps here. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be handy. Um, he also has cut, yeah, he also has Cunning Deceiver, which is quite a nice, uh, chaos command trait, allowing him to generate an extra command point on a five up each turn. Oh, nice. Uh, he's actually he's starting at nineteen hundred points, so hundred points less than the cap, which means he starts with two extra command points as well. So what's nice. what's so he using? Three. Yeah, what's he using his command points for? Do you think? Uh, not too much up on the uh, um, uh-huh. command abilities of these uh, the Vermilord Warps here and the Vermilord Deceiver. Okay, so looking at the Verminord Warpseer's command ability, fourth fourth children of the horned rat. If a Verminord Warpseer uses this ability, you can summon a unit of giant rats. Set up a unit of three d six giant rats anywhere within thirteen inches of the Warpseer and more than nine inches away from enemy models. It's added to your army but cannot move. So there's some instant instant chaff. Mm, that's going to be a, a very nice uh, chaff generator for him. The Verminlord Deceiver has a re-roll all failed wound rolls for Eshin models from your army within 30 niches. Right. That's the Gutter Runners plus the Verminlord Deceiver and the Skaven Assassin. Right. So that's a nice little kind of um, pod that he might have off in the flank kind of taking care of business. Mm-hmm. I, I, with the summoning rats thing, I'm thinking that must be – you could most be able to use multiple command ability uh, – command points on that, eh? Unless there's an FAQ that I'm not aware of. Yeah. So you'll be, um, I, I think it's FAQ'd to once per turn, but I could be wrong. Cool. Um, well, r- listener, if you're interested, look that one up, um, cause we're a bit lazy. I'm looking up Thanquil at the moment. Um, Thanquil's got an ability, 
select the Skaven unit within 13 inches, which is his whole army. Uh, roll a dice. Whenever that unit suffers a wound or a mortal wound, add one to the result if it's got lots of models. On a six or more, then that wound or mortal wound is ignored. So it's just a nice little yep. extra save. That's a five-up ward save for the two units of 40 clan rats. That's going to be very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's got a... Thankwell's got a spell which does some mortal wounds. Yeah, and he can attempt to cast two spells per turn. It's quite nice. It's nice. A 26-inch range on his Scorch spell. Um, the Arch Warlock uh, has a spell that, that damages... Uh, two units, normally 18-inch range, but he puts them on the bow wind, yeah. uh, puts up to 24 inches, puts them forward, and, and he'll be two, hitting two units. Nice. So yeah, it's a, a nice nice little combo. And then the ever-flexible Soul Snare Shackles, which can block movement. They can slow stuff down. Um, they can do a little bit of damage as well. Very cheap for 20 points. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little addition if, you, if, you're, if your list is... Uh, Missing 20 points. And it gives your opponent something to have to try and dispel if they want. So it's just, again, forcing some choices. Um, cool. That's Mitch. Next list is Kyle Dunkarf. He's got a Maggotkin list. He has Lord of Blights as his general with the Resilient and the Rustfang. He's got Gut Rot Spume. He's got the Glockin. He's got a Poxbringer Herald with Wither Stave and Favoured Poxes. Ten but- Putrid Blight Kings. Five Putrid Blight Kings. Five Putrid putrid black kings and 30 plague bearers and they're in a blight cyst battalion i have not seen blight kings on the table yet this is exciting yeah so he's running the blight cyst which gives them all uh, one rend which really uh, ups their damage output mm-hmm. uh, units don't get cover saves versus attacks from that battalion either and the munificent bounty from the Lord of Blight's command ability. No, sorry, it's just a standard ability. Uh, normally, Lord of Blight's allows one of the Blight Kings to shoot um, in the hero phase, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that battalion lets them all shoot in the hero phase. It's a short-range attack, I think six or eight inches, but... Yeah. Cool. And could could be some extra damage. Um, Gutrot Spume has an ability where um, you can actually set him and one unit of Putrid Blight Kings off the battlefield and then bring them on in the first movement phase um, uh, within six inches of a table edge and more than nine from enemy models. So that's a nice little deep striking option he's got. Yeah. So once again, um, people are going to have to allocate resources to account for all their flanks until that unit comes on the board, which is always nice. Uh, Glockin has the plus one attack for all Nurgle units within an AoE range. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, lots of damage. Bit, bit, bit slow, but I think future Blight Kings will be uh, getting to run and charge using the um, Feculent Narmors. Right. Yeah. Here's the Wither Stave, which is... Uh, Minus one to wound, wound rolls, I believe, in an AoE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fang, which um, when the Lord of Blights gets in range in the combat phase, he can uh, subtract one from the armor saves for the rest of the game for a unit. Crazy. And it, he can do that. He can do that once per turn, I believe. Once. I'm not sure if it's just his turns, but yeah, so he can reduce the armor save of, of 
multiple units, but only once per unit. Awesome. Um, we'll move on to the other Noogle list. This is Fraser Baker's list. Um, Fraser's done very well this year so far. He's taking a great unclean one, the Glockin, a Chaos Lord on Demonic Mount with a stave. 15 Chaos Knights, 40 Chaos Marauders, two units of five Chaos Warriors, and a Chaos War Shrine. He's also taking the Prismatic Palisade. Yeah, so just going over why I don't like the Prismatic Palisade again. Uh, the blocking of the um, the line of sight is, I mean, if, if, if you've got dispel options to get rid of it, it's a real low cast, so it's really easy to dispel. Yep. And the blocking of line of sight is only useful in your opponent's turn. So if they get to dispel it at the start of their turn, it's the whole point of it's kind of gone. So I, I feel like the uh, one of the end spells, such as the shackles, serves a, a more a greater purpose, mm-hmm. uh, a bit more flexible. What has he got anyway. here? Though? He's got these, this big bus of Chaos Knights, which is notoriously nasty. Yeah, he's got his uh, big buff of Chaos Knights. He's got his Glockin to buff them, plus one attacks. He's got a great unclean one to who's a Doomsday Bell to give them uh, some extra movement. Um, and then the Fecunate Now so they'll be the rest. Yeah, so they'll be first turn in, into the enemy. Uh, so he's got also the Grandfather's Blessing command trait, which allows him to change the wheel once per game. Uh-huh. So he can Guarantee that he's got the plus movement to to make the long turn first charge. And the um, the wheel is the allegiance ability that Nurgle have. Um, you generate sort of plague points as the game goes on, and that adjusts its uh, the ability on the wheel, as it were. The wheel turns, and you get an ability per spoke. I guess we'll call them spokes, yeah. and you get to adjust that with that ability. Yeah, so plague pl- plague points are, are separate oh, yeah. to the wheel. Right. Uh, plague points are used to summon ah, units gotcha. or the wheel was uh, randomised at the start of the game. There's seven options, uh, but one to get one to six is initially chosen, um, and then the wheel just uh, rotates around clockwise. Right. But there's a spell that um, all Nurgle sorcerers know that can change it to whatever they want, or you can use the command track Grandfather's blessing to change it to whatever you want. And options include uh, healing all Nurgle units on the board. Uh, extra movement for all nigger units. Right. Or, um, D3 mortal wounds to several units, uh, enemy units. So it's, it's quite, um, a useful allegiance ability. Yeah. Um, he's got that one big block of marauders and a couple of u- units of chaos warriors, but I think those chaos knights are the, are the big threat. Yeah. Chaos marauders, um, combo well with blades of putrefaction, which the Glockin is taking, I'm guessing. It's not listed. It's not, I believe it is putrefaction. Yeah. 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 So Chaos Marauders roll a dice. If they've got 20 or more models, then it's a, a three plus. They get plus one to hit. Mm-hmm. Blades of Putrefication does an extra mortal wound on a six plus. So that allows the Marauders to do an extra mortal wound on a five plus. Right. Uh, so that's the same reason that the Chaos Lord on Demonic Mount's taken. His command ability gives plus one to hit and plus one to charge for the Chaos Knights. So with pla- uh, the Blades of Putrefication, they go to dealing mortal wounds on a 5+. plus. Right. What does the Chaos War Shrine do? Uh, six up ward save to all mortal uh, units within a range. Yeah. Can't remember the range, it's either 12, I believe. Uh, so that's the Glockin, Chaos Knights, Moritas, 
pretty much everything apart from the great yeah, unclean one. It's crazy. It's really nasty. So very durable, very fast, and can hit hard. That's pretty much all you want. Yep. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next list. Uh, it's your list, James. Why don't you, why don't you cover this? Not my list. Cool. So I'm taking a Legion of Sacrament of uh, Heish. It's very uh, law-friendly, I'm I'm sure you. Uh, We have Arcan the Black, uh, a vampire lord on foot, two necromancers, a unit of 30 Grimgast Reapers, a unit of five Direwolves, a unit of 40 Skeleton Warriors, a unit of 20 Chainrasp Horde, a Mortis Engine, the Lords of Sacrament Battalion, an Umbrel Spell Portal, Geminids of Olgish, and a Balwyn Vortex. So yeah, this is my list. So mainly, the crux of the list is is the long range mag- long range magic. Yeah. So the Lords of Sacrament Battalion allows the two necromancers and Arcan to uh, cast an extra spell each per turn because I'm taking three endless spells that that combos well, allowing them to cast an endless spell and also get off their. Um, Law of the Dead spells or their uh, War Scroll spells. Yep. So I'll be casting uh, eight or nine spells per turn, depending on if the Balwyn Vortex gets off. Amber mm-hmm. uh, Spell Portal allows me to combo with uh, Soul Harvest, which is an AoE spell. Um, when I put on Arcan the Black's command ability to increase the range of all spells for uh, undead casters within range yep. that really increases the AOE size so I managed to put the spell portal within range of several units and, and get that D3 or 2D3 if I get the 9 plus cast off yep. uh, it's got a lot of, yep. lot of have, um, yeah so try to include as much AOE as possible in the list mm-hmm. so we've got the soul harvest we've got amaranthine orb so one of those two will be going through the spell portal. One of them will be going off the Bowen Vortex. Bowen Vortex increases the orb range up to 18 inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arcan, even with one command ability, going off upset to 24, yep. allowing me to kind of hit the back line. Great. Um, it's, it's worth saying that you can choose to put the spell through the spell portal after it's been cast. So cast a spell, wait to see if it goes off. And then say, okay, I will put it through the portal. You don't, you don't have to say before you cast it. Yeah. So with the Lord of the Dead, not only can you oh. wait to see if it goes off, you can wait to <laughs> wait to see if you get the nine plus cast. <laughs> so I can go Soul Harvest. Do I get the nine plus cast? No. Oh well, I'll, I'll try Orb. Do I get the nine plus cast? Yes. That. Yeah. Put that one through the portal. Yes. And um, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So lots of lots of nice little tricks we have. Um, the Mortis Engine, which has two AoE attacks as well. It's standard shooting attack. Uh, all units within nine inches take a um, roll past their bravery and does D3 mortal wounds. And also the Reliquary, which uh, is 46 range in the hero phase and everything takes D3 mortal wounds or heals my units. Yep. D3 mortal, uh, D3 wounds. Awesome. Um, um, I, I love the, just to top it off, I put the, I love the, I put the Luminary Rod in there as well, mm-hmm. which is a, Nine-inch range, D3 model wounds, everything in, in that line takes it. So, yeah, just as much AOE in there as possible. Fantastic. I love the bonus to cast 
like throughout that, like you've got Legend of Sacrament, you get plus one for your wizards, you get plus one if you're near the Mortis engine, you know, Arcane gets a plus two. Um, there's just, it's very reliable magic on mass. And you've got some physical threats as well. Yeah, so plus four to cast on Arcane means that you can't fail to cast the spell portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Gemids, or, yeah, so a lot of the spells, uh, for Lord of the Dead and, and that are all six to cast. So he has a range of spells that he can guarantee that he gets off, yep. which is always nice. Okay. Um, and what, what units have you got to accompany yeah. him? Yeah. So we've got the 30 Grimgast Reapers, kind of the, one of the best units in the game at the moment, yeah. points wise. Yeah, staple. Uh, they combo well with, with the Vampire Lords, uh, plus one attacks. Um, and yeah, 40 Skeleton Warriors, kind of standard. 20 Chain Rouse Board is, uh, excellent. Yeah. Um, do, do the Grim, unit, so. Do the Grimgast Reapers benefit from Van Hal's Dance Macabre? Oh, they sure do. <laughs> yep, they're a summonable unit. And, uh, they'll be piling in twice with three attacks each, yeah. uh, re-rolling hits against units that have five or more models. Yeah. Yeah, so they're my main damage threat. Yes. Uh, not a lot of movement in the list, but hopefully I can use grave sites to, to some effect. Yeah. And also using the Legion of Sacraments ability of when you kill units near a grave site. So I can try and pop that during the hero phase with my long range magic abilities, uh, just to try and get to some of the long, uh, you know, make up for some of my lack of, uh, movement. Yeah. The, that, that sacrament ability is kind of amazing. Even more so when you go up against other legions of Nagash armies where there's eight grave sites on the map. Um, which just gives you double the, you know, all that board space that as soon as a unit dies near a uh, grave site, you've got the option of bringing a unit back. It, it just, it becomes quite overwhelming without having to expend a command point. Yeah, so we've obviously had a few uh, games, me versus you, with uh, the two uh, legions of Nagash lists, yeah. and uh, eight grave sites is, is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Lee Wilmot's list. Um, oh, actually, before we do, um, death unit, death armies with the mortar realm of Hayesh, the realm of light. Actually, not as law unfriendly as you might think, because that realm of Ulgish, where Slanesh got held captive and where that Gemini has come from, was actually created by Nagash. So he actually has an alliance with those two armies. Makes sense that they've got outposts or what have you in those realms. Just wanted to tap that in there, get my little, my little law scratching. <laughs> Lee is taking a Sylvanath army who has a branch wraith as the general. Warsinger, Acorn of Ages and Regrowth. Another branch wraith with Ranu's Lemon Titty, Verdant Blessing, and he's got Alariel. The Everqueen and an Ishran Soulscryer, which will make sense later. He's got unit of 30 Dryads, three units of 10 Dryads, six Akalian Morzar Guard, um, which is made possible in the Winterleaf Wargrove, and he's also got a Forest Folk Battalion and Soul Snare Shackles. Four. Yeah, so, uh, lots, lots going on in this list. Sure is. So he's got, um, He's got the Acorn of Ages, which is his instant uh, tree artifact. Summon up a, a Sylvanath Wildwood. Yep. He's got uh, Verdant Blessing, which is the summon a, a Sylvanath Wildwood spell, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Ranu's uh, Lamentary on the, on that unit, on that branch wraith. 
so that gives him plus two to cast his um his Sylvanath Wildwoods, or I, I believe the branch Wraith also has the Summon Dryads, so he'll get plus one to cast the, the Summon Dryad spell. It's a good use of that uh, artifact. He has the um, spell uh, Throne of Vines on Lariel. Yep. So that gives plus D3 to each casting attempt, as long as uh, Lariel doesn't move, but he can just Recast at each um, each hero phase. Yeah, Lariel has three casts per turn, so that uh, is, a, is a good use of that spell to get the other two casts off. Uh, we have Command Trait Warsinger, which is plus one to charge rolls within uh, a certain range. I believe it's got regrowth to uh, heal his units. Um, the Winterleaf Wargrove and Forest Folk uh, center around buffing the Dryads, uh, giving them extra uh, combat abilities. Uh, the Akelian Morsar Guard, they combo with the Esharan Soul Scryer. Yeah. So when Esharan Soul Scryer is set up, he can choose to be put aside instead and take the Akelian Morsar Guard with him. Right. And they can come on uh, from a board edge. Right. Uh, when that happens, I believe he gets to add three to a charge roll for the Morsar Guard. So they'll be coming on nine inches away, but they get plus three to charge, and a Kelly and Morsar Guard also get to re-roll uh, failed charge rolls. So they'll be coming on with a, a, a six to roll to charge uh, with a re-roll. That's crazy. Be, uh, and the, yeah, the, be quite, the Guard yeah. are part of the battalion, but the, the Soul Scryer is an ally. So that's a really that's a really neat use. It means he can get all that in and under four hundred points for that combo. Yeah, so he's he's given up um taking an extra artifact because of it. Mm-hmm. He's got two uh, battalions there, so he should have three artifacts, but he doesn't have a, a hero yeah, to be to able to take on. an extra artifact there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he has given up that, but um I think it's well worth it with the Ishara and Soul It's a nice little combo to have in there. Yeah. And Morsar Guard, they do uh, really, really nice damage on the charge. They rend two, uh, two damage on their spears on the charge. So yeah, they're going to really uh, be a big threat. Yeah. And the, the thing about Savannah List that always gets me is you can look at it on paper and you never truly understand how it all works until you you're facing it. You know, because you've got these wildwoods that spring up, which are now block lining of block line of sight. Um, they slow you down. Um, he can teleport. Uh, Units around, and it's really hard to account for all the possibilities that he can he can do. Yeah, I think the Kellyan just uh, just add to that. Just one more thing that you got to account for. Exactly, so it's just so hard to account for everything in in the Sylvanas list. Yeah, I and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's with the with the objective based scenarios that we've got. It's even even more so. Like I've lost. Um, objectives that I thought were safe because I didn't really understand how, how all their teleportation stuff worked. So definitely one that punishes inexperienced players. Yeah, so once per game with the Forest Folk, he gets to pretty much take all the Dryads off the board and, and just redeploy them yep. within uh, his zone or near a, a Sylvanath Wildwood, which is, um, yeah, crazy. Absolutely. All right. Um, I'll move on. We've only got a few lists left. Matt Britton is taking Legion of Blood 
He's taking famously four vampire lords on zombie dragons. Um, one's got pinions, one's got aristocracy of blood and spirit gale. One's got vile transference. One's got ethereal amulet and amaranthine orb. And then he's got three units of five die wolves for the battle line and chronomatic cogs. Um, right. All I know about this is that, you know, you've got four dragons you need to try and take down. Even those battle line units of the five uh, the three units of five die wolves they're summonable so he can keep bringing those back they are a recyclable well healable unit uh, and he's got chronomatic cogs to help with the movement of those vampire lords yeah so he's got also aristocracy of blood which gives him the re-roll failed charge rolls for soul blight units mm-hmm. within a certain range so that'll be all his uh, vampire lord and zombie dragons yep. Uh, he'll be most likely spending his uh, command points on rerolls to hit on his Vampire Lords and Dragons. Their damage output is, is rather spiky, rather unreliable without that on them. Yeah. So, yeah. As for Amulet, once again, it's the three up, um, ignore Rend on the Vampire Lord. Yeah. Uh, they all can heal D6 mortal, uh, D6 wounds once per game. The chalice. Which is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So, I mean, it might be look like 86 wounds, but yeah, it's you can add 46 more. to that. Exactly, and they heal a wound each when they kill models and all that kind of thing. Yep, and then you've got it's a three-up save each. Yep. Uh, it may look fairly easy to take on paper, to take down, but it's so manoeuvrable. You're never going to get um, kind of all your damage into him on your terms. Yeah. He's going to dictate the, where battles take place. He's going to try and uh, uh, pick you apart and 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 take you down piecemeal. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of actual fullless power, there's there's not much damage there compared to a, a normal melee list. Which means he has to but focus. Yeah, when you add in yeah. the, yeah, he has to be maneuverable. He has to uh, really play his ass off, which Matt is kind of known for. Yep. And he's been doing quite well with that list. He has. The the trick is with the scenario-based games that he hasn't got many models, so he needs to be able to get in a position where he can contest or take them out at the right times. And it's easy enough to try and focus fire a vampire lord, but um, that when there's four of them, um, congrats, you knocked one down, but there's still three more that are going to be, you know, and you have to take all the wounds off them, otherwise they'll be healing. So it's not as straightforward as you might think. Yep, and I'd say he has probably a combo that's that's harder to take down the Marathi. He's got the Ethereal 3-up armor save uh, Vampire Lord. <laughs> if he gets Chronomatic Cogs off to re-roll those failed armor saves, that's a 3-up re-rollable. Yep. Uh, ignore Rend armor save. That that thing's just not going to uh, die. A couple of healing spells in there too. The Chalice, and as we've said, yeah, lots of heals. File Transference. Yep, yep. Yes, so that'll be interesting. Um, I know some of the Northern Invasion guys have got money on him taking out the tournament. So, um, yeah, see how it goes. Last list is Mark Williams. He's taking Stormcast Eternals. This is a Hammers of Sigma Stormhost, a Mortal Realm. Actually, he's got a Knight Azeros, his general. We Cannot Fail and God Forged Blade. Gavriel Shawheart, a Knight Venator, and a Salistant Prime. Prime time, we've got five Liberators. Two units of five Judicators, three units of three Etherwings, two units of three Vanguard Raptors, and ten Evocators. So yeah, this uh, 
it's an interesting list. The Hammers of Sigma allows him to spend a command point when a unit dies mm-hmm. to bring that unit back. Nice. On a five up. Ooh. So, yeah, there's 400 point unit of evocators die. You can spend a command point, roll a dice, and on a five up, they come back fully healed and redeploy them anywhere on the board outside nine inches of the enemy. Yikes. Yeah. So that's, it's, um, it's a, it's a, a bit kind of a bit luck dependent, but when it goes off, it's, it's just going to win games. Yep. If you have a, because the, the unit's probably going to be dying during the opponent's turn. If it's coming back nine inches away from the enemy, then he's going to get it to move it during his turn and then charge with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, going to do work. Evocators seem to be the, the biggest threat in the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from the Salicent Prime, who's kind of there for late game cleanup. Yeah. Uh, Gavriel Shawhart gives plus three to charge range, I believe. Wow. That's nice. That makes the Prime pretty, uh, pretty reliable to come down. Yeah, so he's, and still charge. Yeah. I believe that's a command ability on, on Shawhart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, hmm. About that list, I believe. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that's all twenty lists. So, um, what were your thoughts on on who the matchups are? Any predictions as to to what's going to happen? Uh, what scenarios are going to muck people up? That kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Anyone playing uh, the dock list on uh, three places of power is going to have a, a bad time. Yep. You're just not, not going to be able to move Murafi off one, which allows them just to focus on, on another one. Yeah. Um, Lee, his Sylvanath list is going to be really hard to face on the first round. So even with Fraser's kind of nice Nurgle list, he's going to be hard pushed to, uh, to beat Lee. He's going to have to come up with a real solid game plan that first turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and Bates were the two range lists. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate for us, but fortunate for everyone else. We're facing each other in the first round, so uh, everyone can breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> a, a little bit and, and not have us destroying destroying their backlines. Yes. Um, but yeah, so there's a, several lists that, if they come up against mine or, or Sean's list, are going to have a, a bad time because we're just going to yeah really deal to their backlines. Mm-hmm. Um, people who don't. Have the maneuverability might uh, struggle against uh, Matt Britton, yeah, because it is he is able to to really move those, yeah, yeah, move them around. How do you reckon? How Uh, how do you reckon those vampire lords will do against the 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 doom balls and the 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 Ben's beasts? uh, Purely because of the scenario, I think Matt Britton kind of has the advantage. Mm -hmm. He can just leave his three units of direwolves protecting his um, his three objectives, even though you don't need to leave them on them with the new objective rules. Yep. He can just leave them slightly in front so that uh, they can't get in range to take them yep. or to at least delay them a turn while his uh, his vampire lords are going off and assaulting a uh, objective themselves. Yeah, it's a real interesting scenario the first turn with with those six objectives and you you get to burn them and you get points equal to how long you've held them. Yeah, you either get one point 
two points or eight points, which is a, an interesting mechanic. Yeah. So knowing when to give up and burn one of your own objectives before the opponent gets them and, uh, and how many of your opponent's objectives you have to actually contest is, is going to be key in that scenario. Mm. Uh, you don't have to, obviously some, some people try to just spread the board and, and, and rush, but you don't need to play for all objectives. You just only need one more than your opponent. Yeah. Okay, who else? Um, so yeah, we've got Aiden is another nice anti-metalist, so he, he might give kind of Doc, um, you and some of the other melee lists a, a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the amount of, um, even against Matt Britain, I feel like the vampire lords will, will kind of struggle to deal with his mortal wound output. Yep. He can really pull out their mortal wounds if, if required. Um, so yeah, so any of the lists that rely on armor saves, bows lists or some of the stormcast, they're going to struggle against Aiden's list. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder watch. Um, Really nice to have the destruction list join us who just joined us, um, today. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was. Uh, re- replacing someone who had to drop, unfortunately, but it's a really nice, uh, list to kind of chuck in there. High amount of wounds, uh, 60 wounds per unit of 30 is, is really hard to deal with. So, I mean, if I come up against it, I can't shoot that amount of wounds to death. Neither can, uh, Bates, so that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup yeah. for the likes of You're us. You're going to get lucky with Curse of Years, though. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's my first. That's, that's me versus Bates first round. <laughs> nice. I'm just going to add uh, add 30 inches because I'll just keep rolling on the Aether Quartz broach. That's right. And I'll just extend yeah, yeah. my spell range. I can't wait for that. Infinitely. Can't wait for that perfect turn where you just get <laughs> 10 command points in a row. <sighs> yeah, oh. and. All my spells go off at 50 inches or something. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Probably not for my opponent, but, but for me. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just, I, it makes me happy thinking about that brooch. I love that item. Uh, Bo versus Matt W. His, so Zench versus the Idoneth. That's gonna be a really interesting round one. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of a 50-50 matchup. I don't know. That's really gonna depend on, on who plays better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who, maybe who gets the luck. So yeah, that's gonna be a real interesting matchup. Cool. Jesse versus Mitch. Um uh much as I like Mitch's list, I like Jesse's better. Yeah. Um I, I do like Jesse's. Unfortunately the ability to summon Chaff doesn't work so well against death when we've got the necromancers allowing us to pile in twice. Yeah. because uh, then we can just remove the chaff, pile in again, and yeah. And it's nice to see. Uh, Will versus eight. Oh, it's nice to see. Um, you know, Nag- Greenhouse and Nagash lists that don't actually have Nagash in them. I think that's an interesting take on uh, on the meta game with those Morgast. It's really cool. Yeah, love this list. It's it's prime use of the Morgast, prime use of uh, Lord of Nagash's are. It's it's really great to see yeah. a well put together list. Uh, yeah, Will versus Aiden first round. That's going to be uh, interesting. Aiden's probably more favoured list-wise, uh, just because he is kind of set to take out um, vampire lords on dragons mm. uh, with the amount of mortal wounds he can output. Yeah. Uh, Sean Tubbs versus uh, Kyle Duncliffe. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. So that's the 
uh, maggotkin blight cyst versus the uh, daughters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mainly made interesting by the first round scenario. Yeah. Um, being able to protect all your um, objectives in that scenario is, is makes it quite difficult for uh, lists such as Sean's that doesn't have as much uh, maybe board control That's as some right. others. It'd be interesting to see how people play that and how many go for the full table frontage and how many just focus on two and and focus on pushing up and then swinging around with a refused flank. I think it's yeah, be interesting to see how people decide to play it. Yeah, it's a, it's a scenario I initially didn't like, but come to warm up to it, and I think it's quite um, quite tactical. It's been a nice addition to the the other object uh, scenarios. Yeah. Uh, so me versus Bates, um, that's going to be interesting. I think uh, either of us going to kind of need a bit of luck to uh, take that one out or guarantee the win. He's going to be trying to kill my backline, and I'm going to be trying to kill his. Uh, his backline of raptors. Yeah. So that's <laughs> going to be real interesting. Yeah, yeah, well. Uh, yeah, Matt Britton versus Ben. We've gone over that. Uh, Cameron versus Seth. These guys play each other uh, a lot. They're from the same club, and it's just sort of the quirk of fate that they've ended up playing each other this round because Seth has replaced the player that's dropped. Um, so they know each other very well, know their armies very well. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost give the... Uh, Advantage to Seth with that matchup. Mm-hmm, the distraction. Um, yeah. Is although the damage output of, of Cameron's list is is quite high at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little bit luck dependent, I feel though. So it'll be interesting to see um how that one goes. And then we've got Regan versus Mark, the Stormcast off. Yes. Uh Anvils of Halden Hammer versus uh uh, Hammers of Sigma. Forget. Hammers of Sigma. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mark's Mark's list is a bit more luck oriented, possibly. Yes. With the um the way that the Hammers of Sigma work. Um, but yeah, it could be quite swingy that that matchup. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Regan is the um melee oriented anvils of um Haldenheim. What how, how, uh, uh, out of hammer, yeah. Out of hammer. Uh, so it is quite an interesting matchup that they're both uh, merely orientated, oriented um, stormcasters. Mm. So, yeah. mm. The the other interesting dynamic in this uh, this masters because we've got hidden agendas as the first tiebreaker. Let's just assume everyone scores theirs. You've got strength of schedule, so you're not only beating your opponent, you're hoping that the opponents you you beat do really well. And the rest of the tournament, so that they're you know they're a stronger opponent, and they they give you that that average score much higher. So it's yeah, it's just really it's really hard to make a call on how things are going to go. Yeah, it's um going to be really interesting. I'm uh, really looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, cool. Thank you, Jimmy. Is it you got any other final thoughts for us? Uh, no, that's about cool. all. Thank you very much for for joining us and giving us that amazing analysis. Um, if you are keen to hear more about this Masters, there's at least two other podcasts that are going to do stuff on it. Notorious Age of Sigma by the two Shawns. Um, possibly AOE Shorts will do one. Um, and yes, keep an eye on Twitter um, and the results will be coming through from 
Tabletop TO. If you want to have a look at the lists and the results, um, you can look up the event up there. Cool. Thank you very much.